now, Truckers Radio USA presents... Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Where are their pants? The Derriers! Oh, yeah! The Derriers! Two amazing brothers boldly exploring the universe of music in the Americana Roadshow. The Derriers are Kansas City's dubious backup specialists. Elvis had the Jordanaires. These are the Derriers. Rhythm guitar, bass, and harmony vocals. Please welcome Leo and Roger Eilts, the Derriers. Welcome to the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Truckers Radio Radio USA. USA. I'm Roger Isles. I'm Leo Isles. And we are the the Terriers. We're driving up down the back roads of America on those two-lane blacktops and the four-lane highways and the interstates and just picking up all the music we can find from all over America. That's right. And uh, we like to start out by giving a brief definition of Americana music. There are a lot of them out there. But this is our definition. This is our definition, and and we define it as music with distinctive American roots. That's correct. So you do have to be able to trace it back to American roots. Right. So having said that, it could be country. It could be rock and roll. It could be rockabilly. It could be bluegrass. It could be folk. It could be classical. It could be opera. It could be swing. It could be old-timey. It could be punk. (laughs) And that's true. That's true. Yeah. So uh, the format of the show is that each of us shows up each week with a fistful of tunes that we have not revealed to the other guy. We do not discuss it ahead of time. And and then we take it from there, and we take uh, turns starting off the show. And And you started last week. I started last week, so this week it's your turn to start. All right. So I got down a rabbit hole this week. Uh We talk about rabbit holes We love our rabbit holes. And it started with this particular guy, uh, who I've been wanting to get to for a while, and it's Milton Brown. Yep. Okay. okay. Yeah. So Milton Brown, uh, he was born in 1903, and um, he is credited with being a, a guy that co-founded the genre of Western swing. Right. So he got his musical start in 1930 when he met Bob Wills and guitarist Herman Arnspiger, who were performing. Herman what? Herman, I think it's Arnspiger. Okay. Okay. I may be wrong. That's a mouthful. It is. Okay. They were performing at a local Fort Worth dance, and uh, Brown joined the duo for a chorus of St. Louis Blues. Okay. Oh, that's great, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and they go, hey, this is pretty good. Why don't we get together and do a trio? And You know, this is 30s, right? That's right. And so they started going out and playing medicine shows and stuff <laughs> like that. And so uh, they got a gig uh, on a radio program. We've talked about that. That's yep. how a lot of these people got their start. And uh, the sponsor for this show uh, was the Aladdin Lamp Company, and so they had to change their name to the Aladdin Laddies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. And that went for a a little while, but in early 1931, they were hired by the Light Crust Flower Company. Now we're talking. And they had to change their name to the Light Crust Doughboys, Mm -hmm. of course, so that was a great deal. And uh, they went on, uh, you know, and did that for a while, but um, they wanted to get out and play gigs and stuff like that. And the guy that uh, owned their contract didn't want to let him do that. Plus, he didn't really want to pay him much. Yeah, there's that. So Milton Brown uh, got upset about it because he needed money to pay guys. And uh, he had aging parents he had to take care of. So uh, he left the group. And uh, he started a group called the Musical Brownies. Okay. Okay. And uh, that group is credited as being the first Western swing band. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but the nice thing about it is um, he and uh, Bob Wills remain friends. Oh, that's good, too. So so anyway, this is the first of uh, my three-song rabbit hole. Uh Uh-oh. 
And it's Milton Brown and his musical brownies, Oh, You Pretty Woman. I'm telling you, she can't be beat. Oh, you pretty woman. With lots of this and plenty of that, and the motor car and the tin roof flat. Oh, you pretty woman. She's looking for a sweetie, and I think she picked on me. Tried my best to get away, but she wouldn't let me be. This gal you must hear more about. I'm gonna stand right up and shout. Oh, you pretty woman. He said poop poop a That's good. So you got a couple more on this vein, huh? I do. We'll, 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 more to come. Okay, well, we'll have to wait. All right, Leo. Well, what do you got to follow that up with? Well, we talked about how we like to feature local artists. You bet. And I'm especially proud to feature local artists when they've gone off and done big things. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to take you back a few years. Remember, when I first moved back into Kansas City, we're talking back in the 70s. Right. And uh, my friend John was here, and he spent the first few months I was here to taking me out to all his favorite places to eat. Well, one of them was this little hole-in-the-wall joint down on uh, about 17th and Summit in Kansas City, Missouri. It's called El Taquito. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, he's right. We still eat there today. Sure do. It's our favorite place to go out and eat. Yeah. Uh, over the years, we got to know the Sharans, the, the family that owns it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they had uh, some kids and raised them up here. And in fact, one of their kids, Juan Carlos, right. went to school with your daughter. With my daughter, yeah. Okay. Now, I actually went in and did a little recording with uh, the dad, okay? Yeah, and you featured one of those tunes a while back. I did. Yeah, yeah the band was called Bas Nova. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, we had a great time doing that thing. Enrique Sharon. Mm-hmm. Well, one of his sons, Juan Carlos, went on, and he's just doing great things musically. Oh, he sure is. He's, he's got a band now called Making Movies. And they are described as an international rock and roll band, and they're, it's like Latinx activism, okay? So these guys not only are doing out this great music, they've got a message that they're taking out there, and they're getting picked up all over the place. Uh, but uh, it's, there's two Panamanian brothers, all right? And then there's two of our American friends mm-hmm. in this band. And uh, they, current, they hooked up with um, some people that really got them on the right road, Ruben Blades, is somebody, he's a great musician, he's also an actor, and he has involved them in some projects. Anyway, I saw, I was just cruising the internet, and I saw a video of them doing one of their songs, uh, and they were standing on top of a building right close to the restaurant. Oh, wow. <laughs> it is great. Wow. So I looked it up and I found it, and I got it downloaded, and you got to hear this. Uh, it's, I don't know what to, if I pronounce this right. Uh, I think it's called... Um, uh, no take Hales maybe or something it, to tell you the truth I'm not that concerned with the name of the band I mean the name of the song as I am with the name of the band and we know what that is making movies anyway this is a great tune dig it man we're talking straight Latinx here <laughs>
eres una pura mentira Carlos is all grown up. Oh, man. that's some powerful stuff it's there. Powerful stuff. I'm really excited for these guys. They're really going places. It's, yeah. it's really super. That's great. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. Are follow you, that. Well, are you ready for installment two of Roger's <laughs> Rabbit Hole? Roger's Rabbit Hole number <clears throat> two. Okay, you bet. Let's okay, go. Okay, so it. we started with the last tune by Milton Brown, uh, Oh, You Pretty Woman. Yeah. So where do you think that led me? I T Pretty Woman. Probably pretty Roy Orbison. And that's the actual f- official title of that song is Oh, Pretty Woman. Yeah. Everybody just calls it Pretty Woman. So he was born in uh, uh, Roy Orbison, Roy Kelton Orbison, of course. We all knew that. We all knew that. He was born in 1936, and um, his music was described by critics as operatic, earning okay. him nicknames like the Caruso of Rock and the Big O. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm known what for- an amazing voice, though. I mean, his oh, range yeah. was unbelievable. Powerful, powerful. His songs conveyed a vulnerability at a time when most rock and roll performers were doing this defiant masculinity thing, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. He was actually very shy, and that's why he wore the sunglasses. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it kind of interesting. Started singing rockabilly and country western, um, uh, but he was signed by Sam Phillips of Sun Records in 1956. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his greatest success was with Monument Records from 60 uh, to 66. 22 of his singles reached the Billboard Top 40. Wow. And he wrote or co-wrote almost all of his own Top 10 hits, including Only the Lonely, Running Scared, Crying, In Dreams, and Oh Pretty Woman. So um, he, uh, um, in 1988, he co-founded the Traveling Wilburys, yeah. who we featured on the show. Yeah, it was yeah, great tune, great band. Yeah, rock supergroup, George Harrison, Bob Dylan, Tom Petting, and uh, Jeff Lynne. He died of a heart attack in December of 88 at age 52, and a month later, his song, You Got It, was released as a solo c- single, becoming um, uh, one of his first hits to hit the top 10 in nearly 25 years. Wow. So, um, but about the song, Oh Pretty Woman, um, it's a song, it was recorded by Roy Orbison and written by him and his uh, co-writer, a guy named Bill Dees. Okay. And they were sitting uh, in Roy Orbison's house, and they were working on music, you know, trying to write some songs. And his wife, Claudette, Orbison's wife, Claudette, interrupted him to announce she was going out. And Roy said, do you have enough cash? And Bill D said, a pretty woman never needs any money. 
<laughs> and so she walked out and they go, bingo, this is something. <laughs> and so that's where it started. So uh, this is interesting. Um, uh, at the session where they recorded this song, there were four guitar players at the session. Wow. Roy Orbison, Billy uh, Sanford, Jerry Kennedy, and Wayne Moss. Sanford uh, played on later sessions for Elvis Presley, Don Williams, many others, and he played the intro guitar part, right? Okay. Other musicians were Floyd Kramer on piano, yep. uh, Boots Randolph and Charlie McCoy on saxophones, Buddy uh, Harmon on drums, and Paul Garrison on percussion. Wow, all-star. Yeah, it's, it's an all-star cast. Wow. So uh, we love this tune. Let's hear it. Roy Orbison, oh, pretty woman. What a classic song. Well, that's a great tie-in, too. Yeah, that was fun. Okay. Well, Leo, I think we're about out of time for this segment. We do. As usual, tomorrow's moving day. That's right. So we need to go out and police the area and kind of check the air and the tires Bag and do all that. Bag up the trash. You betcha. Okay. Check, make sure all of our duct tape is holding on, okay? That's right. Yeah. All right. Got a new roll the other day, so we, we should be ready. We're in good shape. 
Awesome. Yeah, duct tape wise. That's right. All right. Okay. Well, we'll be right back. Uh, this is the Americana Road Show right here on Truckers Radio USA, and we are the, the Derriers. <laughs> That didn't take long. Yeah, that was good. I think we're going to be ready to go. I think we will. Yeah. So we are broadcasting this week from the Shady Grove RV Park right here in Seabird, Colorado. Seabird, Colorado. Yeah, it's eastern Colorado. Yep, it's kind of almost Kansas. Kind of western Kansas-ish. Yeah. It kind of looks like Kansas. Kansas. You yeah. can't see the mountains from here. No. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, the folks are nice here. Well, I was surprised that the mayor showed up. Yeah. Until I realized he was asking us maybe if we had some place to go. Yeah. Besides Seabert. Yeah. So. Well, it's nice. He gave us 48 hours. He did. He yeah. did. That was it's nice. Just enough time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, people ask us, they say, Derriers, uh, why do you go to all these Shady Grove RV parks across the country? Well, we got to go someplace. Well, yeah, because, you know, our compadres here on Truckers Radio USA, they have these things called ranches. ranches. So they do their shows from their ranches. You know, for instance, Rex Allen Jr. has the Rock and Diamond R Ranch. Right. Alan Bailey has a Swinging Gate Ranch. Mm-hmm. Tennessee Jim has the Diamond W Ranch. Yeah. And of course, Oren Friesen has the Rock and Banjo Ranch. The Rock Ranch. and Banjo Ranch. And yeah. we've got this old RV. It's an old RV. Yeah. But it's a good RV. It's a good RV. Yeah. We so like our RV. Gets us down the road. So, so far as yet, I'll tell you this, she hadn't made us walk yet. Not yet. A couple of times close there, yeah. but we haven't yeah. had to walk yet. I haven't had to push it. That'd be tough. Oh, that'd be real tough. Well, Leo, um, I closed out the last set, so you're up. Well, I'll tell you what. I was, again, we were we, we mentioned this. We listen to all kinds of music. We do. We have no governor on what we listen to. It's That's just, right. If it's there and it's cool, we listen to it. Well, I went back and I was starting to go through some stuff, and I ran across a song that it was kind of the, a song that came out about the time I was moving back to the Midwest. And um, it's a band by the name of Firefall. Okay. You remember those guys? I do. And, I, you know, I, people kind of diss them a little bit. Maybe they're just too light rock or whatever. But they're, they're from Boulder, Colorado. Okay. So we're kind of in their home state right now, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, they were formed in 1974. I guess the, the song actually came out more like 76. But it was founded by a guy named Rick Roberts. And he had been in the Flying Burrito Brothers. Oh, sure. Okay. That's quite a history with that band, too. Mm-hmm. And a guy named Jock Bartley who had been in Tommy Boland's uh, band. Uh, he was a replacement for Tommy Boland in a band called Zephyr. And another thing I like this band is that they have a flute, that they feature a flute. Oh, yeah. There's only a couple of bands I know Not in rock Not very music. many, yeah. You know, there was, you know... Uh, Jethro Tull, Jethro of Tull, of course. Uh, I yeah. think Marshall Tucker Marshall did. Marshall Tucker yeah. did, yeah. yeah. So they did have a... Anyway, I, I wonder what they came up with that name, Firefall. And it turns out there's quite a history that I did not believe at first, because when I first heard the story, I go, no, that can't be true. Uh, so did you consult the internet? I did. I went to all the internets, uh-huh. and I checked it out. It was, a, it was called the Yosemite Firefall, and it was a summer event that began in 1872, believe it or not, and continued for almost a century. Now, to get a load of this, they, they had this big, uh, they had built this kind of a, a resort hotel way up in the mountains there, right? And even further up, there was kind of an outcropping of rock up there. And uh, they would take people that were staying in the hotel, and they'd take them up, and they'd have a big uh, bonfire up there. Okay. Right? And then when they were getting ready to go, well, they would just shove the, the burning embers over the edge, and it made this giant 
fall, the waterfall, <laughs> looked like a firefall, right? Wow. And it was incredibly popular at first. And then they said, well, wait a minute, this is cool. So they started hauling logs up there with mules. <laughs> I love this country. <laughs> I love this country. Let's make a few bucks. And so they, so they went on, they kept doing, they hauled logs up there and they set them on fire. And then they would say, start the firefall. <laughs> Commence firefall. Commence firefall. And they start to throw it. Can you imagine how that would work today? These things, uh, they, they ended it in 1968. Okay, okay. finally. Uh, George B. Hartzog was the director of National Park Service. He said, nah. <laughs> This has gone on about half a century too long. Half a century too long. No, we're going to stop this now anyway. But anyway, so they used to do it 9 p.m., seven nights a week. You can imagine how great it was. Anyway, I've talked more about the event than I have the band. (laughs) Uh, But it's a great time. It's a great song, too. So let's give them a lot. Uh, Listen, man, uh, this is Firefall doing You Are the Woman. another one of those songs that just it takes you to a place it does you it's know, a, just a, a happy place song. in time you yeah know? yeah that's nice yeah. that's a nice pick leo well i think you were going back to your rabbit hole if uh, I'm not this mistaken. is this is the third and final segment of roger's rabbit hole okay. this week um so uh i'm i'm 
doing the research on Oh Pretty Woman, the Roy Orbison tune, and I'm listening yeah. to the song, and I go, you know, who's singing that harmony with him? Okay. You know, I mean, he, he's locked in, just solid, you know, and that song, I think it was 1964, people weren't going in and recording with themselves, right? That's correct. So I started looking into it, and, and that guy was a guy named Bill Dees. Now, wait a minute, we've heard that name before. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you have. Maybe. Uh, he was born in 1939, and, um, but he, uh, he moved to, eventually, he moved to Nashville, Tennessee. And that's when he met Roy Orbison and got hooked up, and things really started happening for him, and actually for both of them. So um, he, uh, it led to a collaboration that produced a string of songs, and it included Oh Pretty Woman, It's Over, you know, some of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So um, he said that, uh, and of course, we talked about the two of them, um, how they wrote Oh Pretty Woman and about uh, Roy Orbison's wife and right. everything, right? And um, he said, uh, after they wrote the song, right after they wrote the song, uh, Roy Orbison told Bill, he said, you should quit your job, buy an electric piano, and go on tour with me to Europe so we keep working together. And he did. <laughs> Talk about yep. impetuous. Yep. So in 1967, he co-wrote all the songs for the Orbison album and the MGM motion picture, The Fastest Guitar Alive. But uh, he wrote hundreds of songs. Uh, you know, they're recorded by people like Johnny Cash, Loretta Lynn, Skeeter Davis, Glenn Campbell, Billy Joe Royal. You know, just... Uh, you know, you know how that goes. These I guys do. that are great writers, they just pump out great songs. Yep. He ended up um, toward the end of his life, and he actually moved to Branson, Missouri, and continued to write songs there. And he passed away in 2012. But anyway, uh, I pulled this off of a. Uh, it's the title cut off of Bill D's album, "Casting My Spell on You." So let's give it a listen. <laughs> Sign, 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 sign. I'm casting my spell on you. 
Hey, the hand jive worked out great. Hand that. jive is perfect with yeah, that song. Dancing around, we all, you almost knocked the disco ball down. So be careful. <laughs> the disco ball has been a great addition to it the RV, been. don't you think? Yeah, it kind yeah. of puts me in a party mood. That's true. Uh, well, Leo, I believe you're up. A guy named Robert Leroy Johnson. Okay. Okay. Ro- Robert Johnson. Yeah. A, a blues legend. He was born in 1911. And he passed away in, in 1938. He was only 27 years old. Wow. Um, they do know where he was born. It was in Hazelhurst, Mississippi. Um, they think maybe around May the 8th. They're not exactly sure what date. And they're not even sure exactly when he died. <laughs> uh, they, they, his body was found in, basically in a ditch. You wow. Know? And uh, there's a lot of speculation. But the, one of the biggest um, legends about this guy is that he has made the deal with the devil. Oh, yeah. Now, the, the backstory on that is, is that the kid, from the time he was little, all he wanted to do was be a famous musician. That's all he wanted to do. And apparently he was a pretty good harmonica player, but he wanted to play the guitar. Now, the problem was he didn't have a guitar, and he wasn't any good at playing it when he did get his hand on one. <laughs> so, yeah, that happens. So there are these juke joints, right? And he would go down and hang out at the juke joints. And um, when the musicians would go on break, well, you know, Robert would say, can I play you a guitar while you're taking on break? And sometimes they'd let him grab the guitar and play. And people would come outside where they were smoking a cigarette or whatever. They'd say, would you please get back in here? That kid is running everybody off. <laughs> he's, he's horrible. You know, so that's the kind of reputation he had. And he, he got to be such a pest that they finally basically threw him out at the juke joints. Wow. So he disappeared for six months. Nobody knows where he went or what he did during that six months. But he showed up back in town. And one night, one of the bands is up on stage playing, and they look, and here comes, here comes our pal <laughs> walking in through the back door, and he's got a guitar with him. And they're going, hey, look who's here. Oh, boy. Don't look at him. <laughs> Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> but he just keeps working his way up towards the front of the stage, right? And by the time they get ready to take a break, he's standing right there, and he wants to play, you know? And they're going... Now, listen, Robert, you're not going to embarrass us because if you do, you know, we're going to pull you off that stage. He goes, no, just give me a chance. He got up on stage and tore it up. Wow. And here's the deal. Everybody wondered, where did he go for six months to be a no-talent guitar player and come back an incredible genius of a guitar player? Yeah. And there was only one possible explanation. He went to the crossroads. Yeah. And the legend was that you had to go there, you had to be at midnight. I mean, there's how many crossroads in Mississippi and, you know. Sure. You had to be there at midnight. You had to be playing your guitar. And this, the devil would come and he would take your guitar and he would tune it and he'd play a tune or two and he would give it back to you and you were going to be a genius, but you had to pay the price. Yeah. You belonged to the devil after that. Sure. So that's the whole legend. <laughs> that's the whole thing. So that's the whole story. Wow. That's the whole backstory. So I'm just going to go ahead and play the song. Uh, it's called, this is Robert Johnson playing Crossroad Blues.
There's a story about the first time the Rolling Stones heard recordings of Robert John's plan. And the question was asked, who's that other guy playing with him? Oh, wow. But he was doing all that just sitting there and playing it. So wow. incredible stuff. Yeah, it really is. It's about that, as roots as you can get, isn't you it? You bet. Nice. nice <laughs> hey, stuff. I, I think we're running short on time here. I think we are. I think we ought to take a short break and come back. In the meantime, we are the, the Derriers, and you're listening to us on Truckers Radio. USA. Well, here we are, backing into the third segment. Yeah, because you know why? Well, we're the Derriers. And we, we back, back up. up. That's yeah. what we do. That's, That's what right. we do. Yeah, so we like to take uh, time during this segment to encourage people to go to our websites. Exactly. Uh, and they're on all the internets. All the internets. And, of course, um, thederrieres.com. And threetrailswest.com with the number three. And um, there's a lot of content Content. There. Yeah. We are fond about talking about... We have content there. Content. A lot of things to look at and see and listen to. And, That's and right. You will be contented. Uh, contented. Yes, after you listen to it. Um, you can also contact us there. See how I did oh, that? Oh, I, I heard what you were yeah. doing there's there. contact us tabs. Or you can go directly to the source. We have uh, invested in fancy email addresses. Roger, no D, at thederriers.com. And Leo at thederriers.com. We'd love to hear from you. We get a lot of great suggestions from people, and it's great. We, we've been exposed to a lot of cool music that we probably wouldn't have found before. Exactly. And we look around a lot. I mean, we go digging and people oh, yeah. still send us stuff that's kind of off the wall. We'll dig in your trash if you yeah, let we'll us. we'll dig in your trash. So you can also download previous episodes uh, and listen to them at your leisure. As our good buddy Mike Carr says, go, go nowheres without, without the derriers. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, let's see. I think you ended the last segment. I did with that Robert Johnson song. You did. I'm going to jump forward Several generations. Uh-oh. I think we need to get a little bit modern here. There's a young lady that I've been aware of, but I never really uh, looked into her music. Uh, a, a girl by the name of Casey Musgraves. Yep. Okay. She's made a big splash in country music uh, the past few years. And um, I started looking into some of her stuff. She was born in uh, 1988, and she's uh, already won six Grammy Awards. Yeah. Wow. So uh, she... Uh, um, released her critically acclaimed debut album, which is Same Trailer, Different Park, in 2013. Gotta love that name. Isn't that good? Yeah. And um, so uh, th there was a song, uh, she had a debut single there, Merry-Go-Round, which is really cool. But um, so anyway, um, Rolling Stone magazine listed Follow Your Arrows, one of her songs, at number 39 on its list of 100 Greatest Country Songs wow. of all time, and said Musgraves was one of the loudest symbols of young country musicians embracing progressive values. Yeah, that's high praise. So, uh, you, know, you know me, I like clever tunes, I like wordplay. Mm -hmm. And this gal does it in spades. Okay. And this is a song I just fell in love with because this could be our new theme song. You it's, think? It's all about us. Uh, from her song, uh, her album, Same Trailer, Different Part, Casey Musgraves, My House. 
Electric with septic. Of course she does. That is clever. Well, I gotta tell you. I guess it's inappropriate for me to be in love at this point, but uh, yeah, I do. I love that. Oh, that's a great song. Isn't that man. great tune? Yeah, that is so us. Yeah. Yes, sir. Very cool. Well, what are you gonna follow that up with, Leo? There's this guy, and he wrote a few songs you might have heard of. Uh, he wrote uh, the last thing on my mind, a uh, bottle of wine, whose garden was this, the marvelous toy. Uh, he, he he's had been recorded by Pete Seeger, Bob Dylan, the Weavers, Judy Collins, uh, Joan Baez, Doc Watson, Harry Belafonte, Peter Paul and Mary, the Seekers, Marianne Faithful. I mean, didn't miss anybody. Yeah, I, well, and that's just I'm just getting started. <laughs> I could talk. Okay, uh, his name was Thomas Richard Paxton. Tom Paxton. Tom Paxton, sure. And I have been listening to his music since you know I, I discovered folk music. He was born in 1937. And uh, he was born in uh, Chicago, and he, uh, he's been in show business. He's been professionally doing this kind of music for over 50 years at this point, more, probably more like 55 now. Wow. But uh, he, he was influenced by people like um, Burl Ives. And, um, and in 1948, the family moved uh, to Barstow, Oklahoma, and he got his first stringed instrument at the age of 15, and guess what it was? An ukulele. Oh, Wow. <laughs> 
So <laughs> we saw where that took him. Didn't yeah. it? it kind of gives me uh, some hope. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, in 1955, he enrolled at the University of Oklahoma, and uh, he studied in the drama school. He found other enthusiasts of folk music while he was there. And near as I can tell, you look in the history of some of these folk singers, and there's a little tragedy in there someplace. Right. I think this guy has led a great life. Oh, he, he escaped unscathed. I huh? was looking for, I'm sure there's some there. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't find it. He probably paid a bill late or I, two. Or maybe later. And I, to tell you the truth, the, the song I'm going to play is a song I learned uh, playing with us, my buddies here in town in a little band we have called Windrow. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Gary and Billy. And uh, I was thinking about it when I heard it. We, our friends down in Texas have had a tough go. Oh, yeah. Some, uh, this recently. And so when I ran across the song, I went, that's kind of perfect. This is a good song to play. It kind of talks about that. Anyway, the song is called uh, Panhandle Wind. It's a panhandle wind, and it leaves only trouble behind. There's a panhandle wind out of Texas tonight. With the cold taste of snow on the tongue They'll be bringing in firewood in Texas tonight For the winter's wild and young Before morning the fences will surely be buried The snow will be drifted and blown There's a panhandle out of Texas tonight And the wise ones are staying in the home It's a cold wind and I'm on her Like an old drunk in jail Until it seemed to go wild With a half-crazy wail It's a wind without mercy And it's no friend of mine It's a panhandle wind only trouble behind God knows where it comes from I couldn't be sure But there's one thing that's easy to tell If it catches you out in the open, my friend You'll be certain to come straight from hell for the fool who goes out in a panhandle wind Is a fool with a lesson to learn Cause the devil is riding that wind out of hell And it comes on so cold it can burn It's a low wind and a motor like an old drunk in jail Till it seemed to go wild With a half-crazy wail It's a wind without mercy And it's no friend of mine It's a panhandle wind And it leaves only trouble behind It's a low wind and I'm older Like an old drunken jail It's no friend of mine It's a panhandle wind And it leaves only 
That's a really nice tune. Very descriptive to me. His writing is yeah. just first rate. And you heard all the songs that I recited earlier. Oh, yeah. We've probably played a half a dozen ourselves over the years. But you bet. Great writer. Great song. Yeah. All right. That's mine. I have been wanting to get to this guy for a long time, and it's time. Alton Glenn Miller. Oh, Glenn Miller. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, he was born in 1904, and um, he disappeared in 1944. As, as we recall, he was... Uh, um, Entertaining the U.S. military, and his plane went down as right. they were flying to Paris. And, and he had a military rank, didn't he? Was he? Um, a, he, he was, uh, yeah. And he was uh, uh, posthumously awarded the Bronze Star Medal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, um, he had in just four years he scored sixteen number one records and sixty nine top ten hits, more than Elvis Presley, who had thirty eight, and the Beatles thirty three. <laughs> Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it really is. So, um, but I'm not really here to talk about Glenn Miller. Uh-oh. We're going to do one of his songs. But um, this is a, a rabbit hole that I started a couple episodes ago. And I want to talk about a group, a vocal group that sang with him called the Modern Air. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they began in 1934 as Don Juan 2 and 3. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Uh, so... Uh, they, 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 this is kind of funny. Their first engagement was at Buffalo Suburban Glen Falls Casino with the Ted Fiorito Orchestra. <laughs> oh, geez. I love those names. But anyway, um, they hooked up in, in October of 1940 with Glenn Miller. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So now keep in mind, uh, he disappeared in 1944. So they had four years with him. Um, and uh, during that time, um, they, uh, they had uh, numerous hits and, uh, they toured internationally with the orchestra, but here's where the, here's where the hook comes in. Okay. Okay. Their style harmonies and blend influence later artists such as the four freshmen. Oh, geez. We're going to keep working backwards here. Who in turn, of course, now you remember, right. were models for the Beach Boys. Yeah. Whom... The Beatles later, later cited as a strong influence on their work. Isn't that something? So, started out with Brian Wilson mm-hmm. sometime back. Then we looked at the four freshmen. Right. Now, the modern heirs who influenced them. Wow. And next week, I'm going to bring some Gregorian chants that influence <laughs> the modern No, I'm kidding about that. But uh, this is a distinctive tune, real up to a uh, tempo tune, uh, Chattanooga Choo Choo. Side partner, it's my day. Bend an ear and listen to my version of a really solid Tennessee excursion. Pardon me, boy. Is that the Chattanooga Juju? Yes, yes. Track 29. Boy, you can give me a shine. 
can you afford to board a Chattanooga choo-choo? I got my fare. And just a trifle to spare. You leave the Pennsylvania station about a quarter to four. Read a magazine and then you're in Baltimore. Dinner in the diner, nothing could be finer. Then to have your ham and eggs in Carolina. When you hear the whistle blowing eight to the bar, then you know that Tennessee is not very far. Shamble all the coal in, gotta keep it rolling. Ooh, ooh, Chattanooga, there you are. There's gonna be a certain party at the station. I used to call funny face. She's gonna cry until I tell her that I'll never roam. So Chattanooga choo-choo. Won't you choo-choo me home? Chattanooga, Chattanooga. Get aboard. Chattanooga, Chattanooga. All aboard. Chattanooga, Chattanooga. Chattanooga choo-choo. Won't you choo-choo me home? Chattanooga choo-choo. gotta love big band man man how can you listen to that and not be in a good mood and and those guys those are big i mean big bands oh yeah you know they had anywhere from 12 to 25 musicians in those things yeah can you imagine play, taking a band like that on the road now oh man not that nowadays probably, not, but... not that no no way yeah well hey we've kind of used up all of our time here i today. think we have leo i think we have and uh we need to we need to figure out where we're going next week oh that's right we yeah. haven't done that yet have yeah. you let's see uh, it's turn? your turn to get the map i'll get the my map turn out. to throw so go Where get do the we map. Put the it's map. in the closet. Clear back oh, in the, the corner. Way remember? back in the corner. Yeah, yeah, hang on. See it? Yeah, like there's some coats. Oh, here yeah. it is. Okay. Here it is. Here it is. Got hang it? On. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, now put it up on Thumb that wall. The one with all the dart marks yeah, on it. Yeah, I know. Got yeah. some thumbtacks. Okay. okay. And okay. there yeah. we go. Got it? Yep, yep. Okay. Um, the no, you got the dart. It's uh, a spoon drawer. Spoon drawer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got it sharp. Oh, ow. I told you it was sharp. All right, I found it. I got it. Jeez, okay. Okay, now I got to turn around three times. Three times. Okay, ready? Wait, I got to back up here. Okay. Okay. All right, ready? One, two, three. Throw the dart. Throw. Oh, oh, what? Ken went north. Can't, what, uh, south? South, south Dakota. St. George, South Dakota. The St. Shady Grove George. RV Park in St. George, South Dakota. Man, those guys. Okay. Well, that should be fun. That should be fun. Yeah, so we got to get everything buttoned up get, get and get the heck out of here in the morning. Get the awning down and uh, yeah. get this thing loaded up. All right. Well, uh, it's been a fun show. This has been a kind of a crazy a show. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. So uh, remember, folks, uh, we'll be back here uh, next week, but uh, uh, we are, this is the America on a Road show, and we are the, the Derriers. But remember, folks, look, look out, out behind, behind you. you. It's the, the Derriers. Derriers.